This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com fiber and they're better for you unsaturated fats which help you keep feeling fuller longer Ashley and you know what that's not the best part wonderful pistachio comes in a variety of flavors if you know Ashley and I are addicted to well you're addicted to the salt sea salt and vinegar vinegar. Mm -hmm. I'm addicted to the honey roasted they come in different sizes and it's perfect for enjoying with your family and friends so whether you're dropping the kiddos off going in between exams or maybe you're getting ready for the indoor season you can fuel up with this wonderful snack so check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can brighten up your day. Without further ado, Ashley, who do we have? I know I already spoiled it. You, you, were, you did spoil it already. Well, <laughs> today we have Graham Blanks joining us. As most of y'all probably already know, he broke the NCAA indoor 5K record over the weekend at the BU opener. He ran 13.03.72 and just a crazy race. You know, a couple weeks ago, he won the NCAA Cross Country Championships, the first time we've ever seen, uh, you know, an athlete from the Ivy League on the men's side win that race. So, we're just excited to have Graham here, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. <laughs> well, okay, so I feel like obviously we got to start off with the obvious news that happened this weekend. 1303.72, you know, basically just, you know, if you're looking at that race, you ran away from that field over probably like the last 800 meters or so. You know, take us through that race approach and, you know, also just break down how you're able to run that record-breaking time. I mean, it was pretty hard not to on that day. I mean been training since July to uh, July or June and had perfect pacing, you know, perfect track, perfect competition and, and an amazing crowd. So just, uh, you know, like I said, we got, got pulled through 3K uh, perfectly by the Pacers. And then, um, you know, uh, Kai Robinson, Sam Atkin did, did a lot of the heavy lifting uh, instead of myself. So, uh, you know, it was nice in the, the last 400 meters I saw, we were close to that Olympic standard. So I was, 
I was just kind of like, let's just go for it. And, and thankfully snuck under there. Okay. So coming off of NCAAs and you already knew the field that you were stacked against, did you almost feel like you had a sense of pressure to win it? Just knowing just a few weeks ago, you won NCAAs? Uh, not really. I mean, um, there might've been a little, a little bit of external pressure, but I try not to put too much pressure on myself. I mean, in the end, uh, I'm just an NCAA runner, and I was just going in there to try to get a, a qualifier for NCAA's. So, if I finished, if I finished tenth in that race, uh, you know, obviously I wouldn't be um, over the moon. But as long as I got that qualifier, I would have been happy. So, um, just having the opportunity to go out, to go on race was enough for me, um, and I, 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 you know, didn't didn't feel too much of that pressure. And, and thankfully, you know, um, I got to got to run a fast time. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, let's let's talk a little bit for a second, I think, just about your progression. Now, if you look at what you did last year, this meet you ran 13-18, you know, great time. But now you go here, you're having, you know, you had the best cross-country season of your career here, and now you run 13-03, 5K record. Um, you know, talk to us a little bit what that progression has been like for you and maybe, you know, how you're feeling now with where your season is going. Obviously, now you'll kind of, you know, take a breather before you really ramp it up into indoor. But talk a little bit about that progression. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been pretty uh, obviously pretty un, unusually quick, I'd say for uh, for a lot of the people that I uh, a lot of my opponents, I'd say, uh, you know, going from thirteen eighteen to 03 in a year. That's something I have to credit to my coach. I mean, I've always thought I would have the ability to run that time, but uh, to actually get there, you know, that's that's in the in the training, um, and you know, get, uh, Coach Gibby got me there, um, and it, it's been a I mean something that's been good the past year has been some uh consistency in training uh you know i've my body has been holding on holding on for once so knock on wood um it'll stay like that because i think the longer you can stay on your feet uh with with my coaches training the better um and obviously that goes with it with anyone's training but um but in particular i've been feeling really good the past the past year i've been able to ha- uh, put in some good workouts and then um you know it obviously helps to have bu in your back door uh, or sorry, like right in your backyard. Um, so that's definitely something I, I credit to to my improvement as well as to have everyone in in the NCAA come to come to uh, come to campus once a year. Yeah, talked about that for a second. Okay, I, I kind of want to know because everyone's always like, "Be you so fast? Why do you why do you think it's so fast?" Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, at first I thought it was just it was just like a, a placebo effect. Like I was <laughs> yeah. injured freshman, freshman indoor year. So I got to go watch the races and stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, it's BS. Like ever, everyone just comes here, you know, everyone runs fast. Like everyone's see, seen the videos of Yomif Kajelcha running here, like whatever. Like once I get on this track, I'm going to run fast. Like just cause I believe in it. Um, but then I remember after a race, my freshman year when I was still injured, I, I just took a walk on the track and I got bounced up a little bit each step. I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is insane. This track is amazing. So I definitely say the bounce uh, helps a lot. I mean, the, the, the banks are obviously like, I've seen like research papers written on it. Uh, I didn't read the whole thing. Maybe I just read the abstract, (laughs) but I I know that I know the banks are like, for some reason, optimal for, for distance races. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I do still think it's the, the competition is, is that what it makes it so fast? I mean, when, everyone agrees to show up to one track for the entire indoor season like you know there's going to be uh quick times but uh it doesn't hurt to to have uh, a track that's made out of trampolines and uh 
optimal banks. Yeah, I'm gonna need to find that research paper. Yeah. I think just to dive into that. We need now to I'm look curious. into that a little bit more. Uh -huh. Okay, so Graham, as I mentioned before, we we went live. Ashley and I were at NXN, so we're literally in the Airbnb watching your race, and we're just like screaming at our computer screens. There was one point, so it's the last 400 meters. I don't know if you remember this, or there were certain points, like the last 1K, it almost looked like you were inching, like to make moves, but you didn't necessarily made them yet. It was not until you lapped the Alabama runner when you went wide, and then that's when you decided to go. What kind of led to that decision? Was it just that optimal window that you saw, and you're like, since I'm already out here, I might as well go, or just walk us through what was that move like for you at that time? Yeah, I mean, I knew going into the race, I'd want to go uh, with like anywhere between a K to 400 meters, uh, just depending how I felt. Um, I'd say if I, if I remember correctly that, you know, the pace was still pretty hot the last K. So I wasn't really too pressed on on taking the lead uh, to ensure a fast time or anything. Um, but I knew if I wanted to, wanted like my best shot at winning the race, it'd probably be 400 meters out at the at the minimum uh, to, to make my move. So um, I think it was Victor Kiprov that we passed, uh, I, th I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think those are usually good times to make to make moves when there's those little little discontinuities in the race. You can kind of get a jump on the field. Uh, so when we when we pass, I, when I saw him coming up on the track, I was like, okay, this is this is probably when we need to go because um, he was in lane one. You know, Sam Atkin had to move out uh, into lane two, and. I'm, and I'm like, well, if we're gonna, if we're moving out, I might as well just go now. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, just tried to hit the gas for home. I wasn't really even looking at the clock at that point. I just, I just knew it would be fast if we could, if I could get there quick enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then, describe that moment. You know, you, you finish. You look at the clock, 13:03. The energy in there, I'm sure, was crazy. You take a bow. Talk about that whole moment <laughs> and stuff, and you know what went down there once you finish. Yeah, I, I figured it was time to finally, finally do something a little. Uh, a little flashy or like a, a little bit of a, <laughs> at least a slither of showman's uh showmanship uh because i haven't really had the best celebrations or anything um <laughs> just paying paying my respects to the crowd i don't know uh, i thought that would be a classy enough uh celebration in, in the moment but uh yeah no the, the crowd is the crowd is great there so um i think that was the best way to to recognize that at least Okay, first. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned that because I have a side tangent real quick. I have a question <laughs> to ask you. Okay, I have to know, like, maybe I'm just, like, old. I, I mean, I'm 23, but maybe I'm just too old and not with the times. But, like, what's with the hand signal that you do at the start line? I know you did it at NCAAs, and then you did it at NXN as well. I've seen it all over no content, yeah, so I kind of have to know. Yeah, don't worry. It's definitely not what the cool kids are doing. It's just, it's just <laughs> something I've, I've always done. In fact, it's pretty. It's kind of weird. I don't know. I, I just did it at the NXN. That was the first time I was at a race, and all of a sudden a camera got put in my face. So I think I maybe maybe like an uncle or something taught me that at Thanksgiving because I know I know <laughs> NXN a couple of weeks after that. Uh, but yeah, I just stuck with it because you know my my friends back home thought it was funny. So uh, you know it's it's fun it's fun to do when the when the camera's coming by, uh, and especially in those big like those big races at the NCAA meets. You know you know. I'm nervous. My teammates are nervous. Um, it's a good way to cut cut the tension a little bit. Maybe even look forward to, to being on the line, which is probably the worst part about running, um, is, is stepping up to that line, waiting for the gun go gun to go off. So, yeah, I think I'll keep the that thing in the rotation till till the end of my career, unless <laughs> I go. find a better magic trick that I can I can pull out before a race. 
That was okay. another question. That's another question I have. <laughs> Can you talk to us a little bit more about the magic side of you, the magician side? I heard that's something that you're kind of into and now you just brought it up. So how did that kind of get started for you? No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing is magic about me i want to make that clear this is just just a little little trick i learned so um i hope that i i can make make myself look magic in my in my uh races but um all i can do is, is pull my thumb off uh every now and then so um are you into magic yeah, though I, I, are you into it though like magic just as not, a whole uh not really no um, okay i mean i've watched uh I watched the movie The Prestige. I'm not sure if y'all have heard of that movie. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I would recommend. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, it was really. It was that, was. that was a good movie. So, um, that's about as uh, deep into the to the magic industry that I've gone. So I got you. Pretty shallow, but uh, I, I that was a really good movie. Mm -hmm. Now I want to take it back a little bit because you just mentioned like you've been training since July. It's already. It feels like probably for you already long season. You're going through finals right now. After your performance at NCAA's, how are you just feeling mentally and physically just kind of after that cross-country season and then going into BU? Yeah, honestly, pretty ready to just wrap it up at that point. I mean, mm -hmm. um, you know, if I, in an ideal world, I would love I would love if the, the free market shifted the fastest 5K actually into the indoor season instead of before it. So, um, but, you know, I got to, uh, you got to show up where everyone else is, so. Um, and obviously there's some amazing pros to running a race um, right away. You know, you get to use that cross country base um, and all of that. Um, but you know, after, after, after NCAAs, I was kind of just ready to, um, ready to go ahead and uh, kind of take a rest. Uh, I wasn't burnt out or anything, but you know, I basically accomplished my goals. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, just getting to run, run a collegiate record was really a cherry on top and um, you know, not, not something I was like, passionately uh burning for um or anything you know i, I just wanted to, i just wanted to qualify for ncaa's but uh you know uh getting to run an olympic standard i mean that's uh yeah. that's probably the the biggest thing i take away from from that race so that's exciting to um to have in my back pocket going into the to the rest of the track season mm -hmm. yeah and i saw too that you said i believe in one interview no internships this summer you're going to be <laughs> trying to qualify for the olympics so now that you have that standard is that something you're kind of just really maybe is that more in the back of your mind now too yeah i, I mean it definitely kind of uh solidifies what i'm doing this summer i mean normally i would i would seek seek something to keep me busy but um that's such a i mean the olympic trials are such a late it's such a late meet uh that i don't think i would uh um take any any big big job or anything um i'll probably continue to i actually work i'm a research assistant with uh um a professor at the business school named paul gompers who is a really accomplished runner here as well um so it's fun to like get to talk to him after all my races and stuff so maybe he'll let me stay on board this summer so i can uh i can stay in boston with uh with gibby and and just uh get ready for the trials awesome and Graham, I have to know because you've just had a tremendous season already, winning NCAA's, you know, breaking the indoor 5K NCAA record. Which performance do you think really just is? I know you just said icing on the cake, but like, which one do you feel like really just puts that punch to the season already for you? Which one would you say stands out the most? NCAA's, NCAA's championships yeah. uh, last last forever. You know, yeah, that record will probably be gone. And uh, you know, I'm not a betting man, but I would. Uh, 
I'd, I'd say a good line is uh, one year over under for that record. So Ooh, okay, uh, NCAA is only getting faster, and you know, uh, you know, it's it's exciting, and I, I hope that uh, I'm in, I'm inspiring some uh, at least other Americans to run fast because uh, you know I think we're entering a, a pretty fast age uh, of track. So, mm-hmm. um, but championships they last forever. So I'm I'm happy with the NCAA performance. Love that. That's true. Fair answer. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, right before we let you go, we always ask our guests this like one question. Track or cross country, which one do you like better and why? Cross country. I mean, I love, <laughs> uh, I, 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 you know, I recognize that, uh, uh, I mean, it, it's about as good as it gets with the NCAA. I mean, uh, Italy, or for, for cross country, like, like one of the biggest stages is the NCAA. I mean, obviously you have, you have world cross country and then, uh, feel like the British people have some good stuff going on over there but in terms of like the team dynamic I mean it's just I I feel like it's unmatched so um I'm really trying to soak soak up everything um about the cross-country experience because it is it is a lot of fun to you know train with the guys in the fall and the summer and and race for each other um you know track has that that same feel and and it's really cool to also be able to be teammates with people that aren't doing your same events or training um but you know, cross country is obviously just like a distance runner's dream. So mm-hmm. um, I do, I do like that more just uh, with the team aspect. But uh, don't get me wrong, I love, I love track as well. Awesome. Well, I love all of that. Graham, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're having your finals week, so wishing you all the best with finals and as you continue the season. We're, we're excited to see what you do. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Y'all, y'all have a good day. Thanks, Graham. You too. Awesome. How wonderful it was to see Graham Blakes after, you know, grabbing the NCAA title and then breaking the indoor 5K NCAA record. Super spectacular. He wasn't the only one that broke records at the BU opener. Goodness gracious. Parker Valby. Goodness. I I, I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. However, was it really that much of a shock? Really? I don't know. I think for me, it's just like the fact that it was like the first indoor race. Well, think about it. They're coming off of their fitness from, from cross country. I get it, but still, it's... That's still moving, like, what? fast. Anyways, let's break down what happened here in this yeah. women's 5K at the BU opener. You have Parker Valby. We have some video here of her finishing that race. She becomes the first woman in NCAA history to ever go under 15 minutes for 5K in indoors. She clocks 14, 56, 11, and here you are. You can see her just, I mean, look at this crowd energy here, and she was just, I mean, she was on a tear. Uh, just incredible, and everyone's just, like, on their feet. You can see people clapping and cheering, and even just... Like I mentioned, we were at NXN and we're watching this and it's just like you can hear the emotion in the room of everyone jumping. Oh, I love this celebration too. It was just like she knew exactly where to go after, ran straight and was hugged and was celebrated. Like 1456 is incredible. Yep. And I mean, again, it destroys, you know, the top performances all the time. If you're looking at number two, that's Emily Sisson there. She ran 1512 in 2015. Yeah. 1456, which now makes you wonder, of course, I mean, obviously you're, they're coming into this off of their cross-country fitness. This right. is kind of that ideal time to run something really fast. But like now it makes you wonder, like, what else is she going to do this, this indoor season? Literally my next question for you is, what are we going to see from her now? Could we see her drop to the 3K and go after a record there? Like, That's what I'm saying. Are we th- like, you know, there, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of play. And it's just like the fact that she ran that and... It was just remarkable. And then the second fastest collegiate was Hilda Uomayo uh, from Alabama, 1517. And it was just like 
insane to even think about. And that's why I'm like, my brain is just like spinning. And I know you're, you bring up a valid point of like, they're coming off great fitness right now with cross country. Graham even mentioned like, he's exhausted. Like these athletes have been training. They're ready for a break. You know, the holidays are coming up, kind of reset. You know, distance runners kind of running a couple of indoor meets here and there, focus more on outdoor. But she is fit. Like, yeah. However, I find it interesting that, like, I, I, I listened to an interview afterward, I think, or I saw something maybe on Twitter or something like that, where she said, you know, afterwards she didn't think she was at that kind of fitness level. She thought maybe it would, it would even hurt to run 15-20. Let's remember, I think, um, you know, when we were previewing this, we were like, Parker Valby, she hasn't raced much indoors in her yeah. career because she was injured much of, much of last year. Um, you know, again, had been dealing with injuries and hadn't done much indoor. And so right. um, I think that was her second time competing at BU. And so... I thought that was really, really interesting that she thought she couldn't run 15-20 maybe, and then she runs 14-56. It's, it's incredible what energy in a, in a venue can do, and True. having the right coaching, the right atmosphere, and the fitness level can all just like help make that easier, which yeah. is super incredible. And it does make incredible. a difference, I think, that you know, the, having a crowd like that, a comp some competition like that too. Again, you have like all the, you know, the top All-Americans from NCAA Cross coming here and competing as well. and. Um, you know, the BU track, it's newly resurfaced. Yes. So that also does help. Those are all great little factors playing into factors. Their, their favor. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. All right. I know we just spoke with Graham, but I feel like we need to watch the, the end of his video as well. It was just, I remember screaming at the computer screen. <laughs> we were just Again, like, we were at the Airbnb wow. in Portland and we were watching. And this was an interesting race. So like kind of what Graham said, he... He really let Kai Robinson and, you know, some of the pacers just do all the work from him at the very beginning. And it really wasn't until maybe 1K or 800 meters where you can see him. He's, you saw him slowly yes. inching up. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, this is when all of a sudden he starts to hit another gear with 400 to go, with two laps to go. He just takes off. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, again, that was such a very interesting race. And, that, yeah, as you can see, he you know, literally so sprinting. so good right now. Like, the form isn't breaking. He looks very strong. In these closing few meters. So obviously, the race approach worked perfect to a T there. At awesome. one point, I think it was at this point, I was like, will he break 13? He was close. He was close. He was and close. I think you did say that, too. You can see his teammates just, like, wheeling him in to go and to keep going. And the energy was just out of the out of this world. What's impressive is not only did... There's the bow. There's, there's the, the bow. bow. <laughs> Love it. Mm -hmm. Clenching of the fist. He knew he did it. What is really impressive is not only did Graham Blinks go underneath the NCAA record, but Kai Robinson did as well with 13.06. Absolutely insane race. And we talked about the Olympic standard and Kai, bittersweet moment for Kai. You know, running as fast as he did, just a second off of the Olympic standard, which is 13. He also went, he went under that previous record of 13.08 too. So he, even yeah. he broke the, you know, yes. that, that record. Yes, which, they went one, two there. And kudos to him, because again, like I mentioned, he did a lot of that work for the majority of that race, you know, sitting behind those pacers. And then once they dropped, I mean, he was leading that entire thing. Exactly. Still hung in there. Great run for both gentlemen. It's just... Gosh, the indoor season is just starting, and it's already getting and so exciting. And I did find it interesting, and when we were talking with Graham, he was like, I give it one year, and that record will be gone. Do you believe that? Shoot, it could even go down this, this year. Who knows? I mean, we just saw Kai Robinson run 13.06, only three seconds back. Yeah. It would just depend on the you know what kind of race you get in. You're probably not going to see that at a championship level meet because it's going to all become be down very, to tactics. Yes, very tactical. Um, so that was probably the chance, but yeah, maybe... Probably this meet next year. That's why I was really um, excited to ask him, like, if, well, he kind of answered my own question because I was curious if he was, like, with that pressure of running NCAAs, mm -hmm. you know you're about to line up against 
you know, essentially the top finishers at NCAAs. Are you going for a fast time? Or are you be trying to get the win here to, like, solidify, like, hey, See, I'm See, this is dog. the meet where you're, you're getting that he, time. He's like, I'm yeah. going for the time. And I feel like when you have that mentality of just, like, kind of going after it, the times are going to come. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Kai just did a great job of, you know, putting in all the work and setting himself up great. Blinks just had the, the kick. It was the kick, the and kick. then, yeah, just the tactics of, like, knowing when to put that kick into place, right? Mm -hmm. Like, no, and recognizing that he had that extra gear to really tap into. Yeah, absolutely. Any other thoughts on the 5Ks? Just chaos. 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 Straight chaos. Let's shift gears. we got to talk about the 3K. And let's start at the top of the dock here with Nico Young. This guy, I feel like, had a workout. He had a double. <laughs> He had a 5K, 3K double here. Yeah, we need to talk about this for a second. So we see Nico Young in the, the here you are. First yes. off, can I mention, I don't think I've ever seen Nico have an extra kick like this yes, before. it was amazing. He went from fourth, all of a sudden he's kicking around, and he takes home his 3K win. It's the pure determination in the face for me. Yes, and he won <laughs> in 737.73. Amazing time. And... It's just, again, a wild last kick. Kudos to Nico. He's been working on a kick for indoor, I guess. He's ready. Track. But How, like, the double. I knew we, I, we do need to talk about the Let's double. Let's talk about the double real quick. Obviously, we, you know, we, we saw that this was happening, and then yes. we, we watched the first heat of the 5K where, obviously, we saw Graham Blanks do what he did. Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, we I'm see like, the second Ashley, go off. I'm like, like Ashley, that's Nico. Nico. And I was <laughs> like, wait a second. Running. He ran earlier. And... Maybe I was thinking he was just going to pace this as like a workout See, or I something thought, like I that. I thought that too. Um, maybe this was a workout for him. Maybe 13.22 could likely only be a workout for him. But still, that's a, like an insane double. Yes. Finishing 10. But still, the fact that he went 13.22. I have a feeling now. 7.37. He's now going to be ready for a break. What? <laughs> the last that. 200 meters was insane. Uh, so, yeah. Nico with the double. Grabs the 3K win. Pure determination on his face. However, I also... We have to talk about Olivia Markovich, who runs the NCAA number two all time in the 3K with an 840-42. Ashley, just what are what are our takeaways from this race? Um, I have a lot of takeaways here, right? I think um, it, it's pretty obvious here that Olivia Markovich, she is the real deal, mm -hmm. the real deal. And it, it also... I, I, I'm, let me try to explain this here. It makes me wonder. So, she won NCAA steeplechase last year. Yes. Outdoors. We were there. We saw that happen. Right. Seeing how she ran this 3K indoors, now I'm like, all right, once outdoor comes around, mm -hmm. what is that 3K steeple going to look like? Yeah. And especially in a year where it's an Olympic year, mm -hmm. she could have a real legit chance to make that Olympic team going to Paris if she has that type of fitness and it can translate over to steeple come spring. I know that's a while away, but that was like one of my first thoughts that I had after seeing this. Yes, and I know we're watching the, the video right now, and she's currently sitting in third. The the top two, um, I know t as the race unfolds, like they, they dropped out. They were pacers set up for this race. My takeaway is this: she's in top fit shape right now, and I know as we mentioned, they're coming off NCAAs, looking very, very strong, but I feel like Olivia just looked super comfortable, and with the pacing duties out in front, like this was Olivia's race to win. And as the race unfolded, you just see her add that separation, which was absolutely nuts. And the fact that it was the number two all-time performance is just wild to even think about at the beginning of this year, too. Again, crazy, just all-time 
performance is going down. We should have known this. It's BU. It's BU. Newly surfed. It's newly resurfaced BU. I understand that, but these these individuals are also like putting in the work. Very talented. Very talented too. So I don't want to like take it away from them. I I know the track is really big and uh, known for putting out really fast performances, and there's other things that play into a role with it. But these guys are ready to go. Like they're ready to attack every opportunity they can to compete. So any other thoughts on BU, Ashley? Because this this meet was insane. Three Ks were wild. NCAA's even even the miles down. were fast. I think the women's mile was in one in four thirty three, and the men's mile was running three fifty five. I mean, just I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Great it was just start. very fast. Very fast. Speaking of very fast as well, the Valencia Marathon yes. also took place over this weekend. It occurred Sunday. It was eleven p.m. our time, Pacific, midnight, one a.m. Eastern. It was just nuts. Uh, great, great performances. I think the biggest headline here was Josh uh, Chiktoge marathon debut, and he holds the 5K and 10K world records, but found that the second half of this marathon to be very, very challenging. He was in that front pack at the beginning for that first half, coming in about 60-35, but finished with the 208-59 um, and had a drop away from that lead group as well. Yeah, I think a lot was made about what is Joshua Cheptegei going to do since he has been so dominant at the 5K and 10K at World Championships and such over the past few years. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where it's, you know, it's not always like someone's going to go out there and have, like, the debut marathon of their lives, right? Like, right. It's, it's such a, you know, it is a big jump to go from it's 5K, a 10K difference. to a marathon. To a marathon, yes. And it's huge. I think he can learn some lessons from this. Absolutely. I mean, he put himself up there in that front pack. He gave himself a chance. Like, he was going to go after something fast. And even then, like, 208 solid. You know, yes. I, I mean, it's not, like, the fastest. I mean, we're now we're seeing 204 and below so common now. But I feel like this is something he can learn from. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I never see things as failures. I see them as lessons. And I think that might be just the how my brain is, like, positively, like, yeah, stemmed. But it's, like... I feel like if you don't give yourself that opportunity to toe the line and to put yourself out there, you're never going to know what you're capable of doing. Yeah. So I definitely applaud him for, you know, attacking that debut. And but as if you you're, mentioned, I was going to say, and even the, if you're looking at the results as a whole from Valencia, I mean, it was just a fast day in general. It was if you're a very looking fast day. At the women's race, you had Worknesh Work Degefa. She won in two hours, 15 minutes, and 51 seconds, which is the seventh fastest marathon of all time. Yes. Kind of going along with this trend of the fall that I think of seeing these women just, you know, set the standards, set that bar even higher. Yeah for the women's marathon. Then if you're looking at the men's race, you had to say Lemma, who won the London Marathon in 2021. Yeah. And he held off everyone and won in two hours, one minute and 48 seconds, which I believe was a course record, so. Yes, and that's the fourth fastest in history. And also on top of that, led six other men under 205. Just incredible. I mean, I expected something fast to happen in Valencia. Valencia is always fast, let's be yeah. real. It's like the, kind of like that last marathon of the year that you're seeing that's gonna be flat and fast. It reminds me a lot of Berlin in ways. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Just it, it's hard. <laughs> I feel like we're in this mode, right? Where we're just it's like, oh my gosh, all this happened indoor. Oh my gosh, we still got marathons going on. All this happened in marathons. It's just it, it, crazy. Yeah. We're in a stage. I feel like in the running, at least the distance running world, where it, it, obviously we're seeing you know the fastest things ever. You know, it, yes. it's just it's the like I said, the bar is being set. To a whole new level. It's a whole new level. Mm -hmm. And I think that's beautiful in the sport to just see it just continuously get faster 
and these athletes getting stronger and of course with new technology as well with these shoes and things of that nature just gets really interesting i want to stay on this topic of marathons because big news kind of broke out over this weekend um usa track and field may not follow the trials results when it comes to the third men's spot therefore the u.s might not guarantee three olympic men's marathoners that is huge and i kind of want to know your thoughts and i think to also just kind of give some context like world athletics changed their standards from what they did in 2020 to 2000 for this upcoming olympic year in 2024 it started out at a 211.30 they dropped it now to 208.10 and right now there's two guaranteed spots for the u.s like let's just say because they have, they the, have standard. the standard yeah, yeah. they're gonna finish let's just say hypothetically they finish in the top two Connor Mance and Clayton Young, they've already hit the standard. They did that at the Chicago Marathon in October. The next highest ranked American is Scott Fable, who is ranked number 61 based off of the or road. I think, I think he's number 66. Oh, 66, excuse me. Yes. Based off the road to Paris list. And you have uh, guaranteed 64 spots on that list yes. to qualify. So he is on the outside looking in. And if you're... If you're looking at what happened, I, I think you were going to break this down, but when you look at what happened this weekend at Valencia, you had some others, I believe, that jumped that list yes, from other countries. Exactly. So now they're moving up the ranks. And so now it's like, oh, gosh. Now the U.S. Like, what, I don't know. What are our thoughts on this? Because also when you look into, like, the USA track and field language behind, like, how they're going to go about this, like, it's not really, in my opinion, it's not really that clear. To an yeah. extent, and it's yeah. also, you know, it's 23 pages, it's lengthy. I, I just, I feel like this hurts our sport so much because it's like, you automatically think mentally, top three are going. Top three are going. See, but I like, also understand that there's this Olympic standard that you must hit. It's one of these things where I get it, but I also don't. Because then it's like, all right, what's the point of doing the trials anyways? Because you're going to send Connor and Clayton anyways, and if that third spot, if no one's in it, and you, you may see you're only going to send two. Like, what's even the point? You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> I hear you. I, I, I hear you. I, so I do... I kind of have an issue with it for that reason. It's like, if you already know we're taking Connor and Clayton. So then it brings up the scenario like, okay, so say Connor and Clay, Clayton blow up or just, you know, decide to, you know, they don't get in that top three. Well, they have the standard and they have the world ranking, so they'll just go. Well, I guess yeah, according almost, to the selection, almost, will they go through? I guess they will. It's almost like a guarantee because you have to like you have to hit the A standard, mm -hmm. right? Like you have to do that, and then because just of how you know we do it here in the U.S., like it's also that top three finishes, mm -hmm. you know. So it makes it even that much more challenging to be like, okay, well. If you don't have the standard and you get third, you're not guaranteed to go. And I think yeah. Natasha Rogers, when they were talking about this in her post-race interview at Worlds, they were talking about the selection process and just like, is at one point something about her like not hitting the standard and then I think she hit the standard at some point so she was like, okay. But like it's this whole process and it's almost confusing and it's not simple. It's like no. rankings are playing and are now in play again it's just going off annoying. rankings yeah and so actually so i'm looking in the live chat i think you were right about 61 because now i'm reading so he is technically 66 but if you remove the the countries ahead that have more than three athletes already uh, i see does that makes sense so yeah, technically yeah. he's in the top 64 so i get that now okay but anyways again 
that doesn't make the art doesn't change the argument again. It's like, well, what if he finishes fit? Does he still go? I guess he would still go go because he technically he is the in the top yeah. sixty. He's not the standard, but he's top sixty-four. Oh, sorry, my brain was like on. <laughs> There's a lot of moving Connor parts here. There's a, a lot, lot of moving parts. parts. I don't know. It's just interesting. It's very interesting, and so, I personally don't know how I feel about it. So it's almost like he has to hit the standard like at trials. That's the only way that this would make it not complicated. But okay, and then you have to finish top let's three. Let's be real. Let's but be I, real. I know. Who is going to be hitting the standard? That's what I'm saying. That's the only way. That's my point. Orlando. That's my in point. In February. That's my point. That's literally that's the <laughs> so, only that is the only way that this becomes simple. Standard has to be hit at trials in February in Orlando, Florida. That's gonna. I don't know. That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. I'm right there with you. That's why I'm like, it, it just makes this even more fun. I just wish the USATF can make just things clearer. There's always issues, I feel like. There's always <laughs> issues. Come on, man. Like, again, what's the point of the trials if you're just going to send the people that already have the ranking and the, the standard anyways? Mm -hmm. What's the point? I guess just for people to go run. Have fun. Have fun. <laughs> All right. Well, on a much lighter note... On a better note, USATF announced their Athletes of the Year. They had this huge uh, celebration over the weekend. We want to highlight Shakari Richardson and Noah Lyles uh, for being the male and female Athlete of the Year. Let's talk about Noah Lyles first. Uh, just an incredible season that he had. Three. That's all I'm going to say. Three. Just did a great <laughs> job winning the 100, winning the 200 at Worlds. Anchoring the four by one to victory, um, just super spectacular about that. And then Shakiri double wins here, earns the female athlete of the year and the USA Track and Field World Championship Track Performer Wing Award, which was incredible as well. Are we? I'm not really surprised by either one of these picks. Are no. you surprised? No, I'm not. <laughs> I just, okay, I have a question here. Yeah, ask the question. I'm like looking back at the history of these awards. It's like, come on. It's always given to a sprinter, which I get it, but like, come who on. You, who else would you? Come on, what about Ryan Crowsher? He had like the year of his life outdoors. Very dramatic end to it, too. Exactly. He's throwing through a freaking blood clot at Worlds, wins the, wins the World Championship. Come on. Like, what else does this guy have to do? That's all I have to say. I get it. Noah Lyles, you won your, your three. I'm not discounting that. But I just say, sometimes I do wish maybe we could see some more other athletes in the mix that aren't sprinters. I see. But maybe, I don't know, maybe that's a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take. I, I see how it gravitates towards sprinters more. Mm -hmm. Maybe they should have had, like, a double field event. Like, field event, athlete of the year, track event, athlete of the year type of ordeal. Yeah. Share some love to like, the field events. Okay, I was looking back. In the, just now, I was trying to like look back through the history of the winners. 2022, yeah. Sydney McLaughlin. Okay. And Noah Lyles. Okay. 2021, I'm still looking. Okay, while you're looking back. <laughs> but, um, also, huge shout out, just because I, I have the Instagram pulled up and this is the page where I'm at. Uh, Shanti Jackson, who we've talked about before on the show, uh, she's a freshman at Arkansas, won the Youth Athlete of the Year, set three national high school records, earned two Pan American U20 golds, and I feel like deserves 
that award to for all that she's done as a youth athlete. All right, with that yes. being said. Yes, okay, wait, actually, so Brian Krauser won in 2021. Okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm overreacting for no reason. <laughs> but I think, I think it's fair, though, because, like, I think when you hear the story of, like, what happened to Ryan Krauser, how he was, like, debating, you know, whether or not he was going to compete or not, throwing with a blood clot, what does he have to do? What does he have to do? That's all I'm saying. Super incredible, though. <laughs> Someone said in the chat, it's because Krauser doesn't have a Netflix special on him. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That's pretty funny. That's oh, pretty man. funny. I mean, I, hey, Noel Lyle's got his whole Peacock segment, so. He did. It was kind of maybe in the works. <laughs> I'm trying to Already. think, on the lady side, who else would you have picked, though? For sh like, mm. instead of Shakari. I mean, I guess you got to go with Shakari. But it's also like, I mean, it's just hard for me, right? It's like you, obviously she won the big one. Yeah, yeah. She won the big one. Yeah. I guess you would go with that, but I don't know. Sometimes I'm all about, I like consistency. I like a little bit. <laughs> but also it's one of those years where like Sydney didn't run yeah. at Worlds. If she had ran at Worlds, I think Sydney wins this award, obviously. What we saw her do in the 400 at Trials, mm -hmm. or not Trials, USA's. Yeah. If she, if she had actually been worry. healthy and ran at Worlds, she would have gotten this award. You think so? Absolutely. But that's just my personal opinion. Interesting. I mean, she's won it the past two years, so. Hmm. That's a great... Yeah, I'm just trying to think of the year. Like, with Shakari winning the 100, third in the two, being on the, the four by one, Sydney would have been arguably 400 champ, probably on the relay. It would have been pretty tight. Correct. Shakari would just have one up because of the two. Mm -hmm. Unless like Sydney did something really like yeah, mind like mind yeah. blowing. Also, maybe another th scenario I could I could have seen happening if a thing had won the world championship, mm. she would have gotten this award. She broke her own American record at mm. Prefontaine. Yeah. I mean, those are two double whammies. Like, I think that's what, if that had happened, she would have won. But, I mean, there's always what ifs. There's a what, lot of what, what ifs. Could have, the, the could haves. The could haves, the what so, ifs. I don't know. That, again, that's just my mind. Just, I'm like, mm. <laughs> maybe it's because I'm not in the sprinting world. I know you are. I know. See, for me, I'm like, yeah, Shakari. But, like, what if thing, Mo, like you said, what if? Just the what she if. Would've... The what if, the could have. But still, great. Great athletes across the board. Absolutely, there. absolutely. So, congratulations. Yeah, I, I know congratulations I was just everyone. Being critical, but <laughs> no, but I think, I think it's I think it's great conversation to think about like what else, who else could have been an individual to yeah. receive this award because yeah. the U.S. is just so dominant in athletics that it could have gone to different people. Correct. So I think Correct. it's great. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, it was a jam-packed weekend. I feel like my brain is just. About to explode. It hurts. There's <laughs> With, a lot going on. There was on. a lot happening. Um, even Wait, on the can we, should we briefly just mention NXN? We should, yes. What, what did you enjoy about NXN? Oh, man. It was raining the whole entire time. Mm -hmm. I think you and I were just very excited for the girls' race. It was... Yes. The, the, like, to see history like that be made was incredible. Colorado teams, one, two, three on the girls' side, from Air Academy to Nye Watt to Mountain Vista, 
I don't think we've seen one through three before. We've seen one, two from different states over the last several years. Nothing with one through three. Colorado went one, two individually mm -hmm. with Addie Ritzenhine, who's a sophomore. I was going to say, watch creation. out, Addie Ritzenhine. Dathan knows what he's doing, obviously. So Incredible. Bethany Mahalik had the race of her of her career uh, this weekend. Like again, as I mentioned before, she's had some ups, she's had some downs. But I was I told you at when we were at the course, I was like, I'm praying history repeats itself because she finished third last year having an up and down season, got second behind Addie. You can see the emotion in those ladies' faces, and it was just incredible to just see that history happen. Like absolutely remarkable and then everyone was talking about Danny Simmons and American Fork and it just was not their day no uh Danny was kind of in the like mid-pack and never essentially moved himself up to set him up to be that national champion but Jojo Jordan goodness gracious he took advantage he took advantage of the opportunity mm -hmm. and did that and also uh Mr. Neal as well really impressed with him top three finish there um but Harriman it took NXN to get the, yep. the dub over American Fork. Yep, so it was interesting. It was a fun time. Very muddy, yeah. very muddy. I don't know if I answered your question. I kind of just, oh, you asked me my favorite part. Okay, my favorite <laughs> part was just seeing Colorado just be dominant. What was your favorite part about NXN? I don't know. It was all good. It was all good. I, I like the upsets sometimes, or like not upsets maybe per se, but just some of the more unexpected storylines emerge and I think that's what happened nothing like exactly it didn't go to play go to plan exactly how, how everyone we thought. thought yeah um we did have a chance to talk with an athlete Sadie Englehart who goes to Ventura High School in California and she was like the if y'all have not seen the video I need you to go look at the videos on on our social channels because it was just it was a complete mud fest it was yeah. muddy everywhere there was essentially a pond that these kids had to run through <laughs> so I'm almost curious on like so my point in this was saying, like, if Sadie was saying if the conditions were different, it would have been a different race. She was yeah. just like, the top people that you thought were going to be in the top were not there. Mm -hmm. So what would have happened if, like, let's just say it was not a rainy week in Portland, how that outcome yeah. would have changed? Yeah. It would have changed, most yeah. likely. But just instead we got very So regardless, ground. a great weekend yes. of cross-country. So we have one more cross-country race of the year and we can finally say we are footlocker will end the footlocker cross country is season end that's it. all of this indoor is amongst us we i'm pumped speaking of which we will have two indoor meets live this weekend the holiday open and the susquehanna early season invite perfect so, so make indoor, sure you stay indoor continues we're in indoor now we're we're officially indoor so make sure you stay to flow track for all of that content live streams all the things ashley Correct. Great show. <laughs> yes. Fantastic show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please like, subscribe. Again, stay to Flow Track for all your content, live streams, recaps, everything that you need to know about your favorite sport. I'm Olivia Panay, Ashley Titians, and we will see you next week.